You are listening to the Brave AF podcast. This is the place where we talk about what it takes to live a bold, brave, and badass life, which of course is the mindset behind it all. You're in the right place if you want to give fewer fucks about what other people think, quit the procrastination, stop the people pleasing, and release your tight grip on perfection. I know a thing or two about all of it. (laughs) I am your host, certified life coach and rebel, Zena Jones. And I am on a mission to help women lead brave as fuck lives whilst also having their own backs. So my friend, let's fucking go. Hello, my friends. Today on the podcast, we got a little treat. We are joined by my former client and friend, Kunyao Yu. Now, she started out like many of us, climbing the ladder, ticking the boxes of, air quotes, success. And she shares with us that after achieving many academic milestones and then getting her dream job working for NASA, she soon discovered that she wasn't fulfilled. And so she decided to take a break from corporate America to travel all throughout the world and pursue her passions. So she opens up during our conversation about a lot of the self-doubt she experienced and the fear she has experienced along the way, so much of which I know you guys are going to relate to. So I'm not going to give too much away, but I do want to say this. We talk towards the end about how you can connect with her. And I've also got the links below the description for this episode, wherever you are listening. So you can click through and connect with her. All right. Enjoy, my friends. Today on the podcast, we have one of my former clients who is an incredible example of choosing courage over fear and having her own back. I am so excited to have her here with us today. Welcome to the podcast, Kunyao. Please jump in and introduce yourself. All right. Thank you for that introduction. And I'm really, really excited to be here. My name is Kanyao, and as you mentioned, we had coached together during the earlier half of this year. And I was currently, I'm currently traveling and exploring a new career that I've been interested in for a while, but never really wanted to make that jump. Before I did make the transition, I was working as an engineer for NASA, and I was based in Boston. Massachusetts. So the past couple of months of traveling around the world and also exploring this new career has definitely been a very large change for me. I would say my own background is very traditional in that Mm. I grew up in a Chinese American family and I did the classic, you know, college, grad school, nine to five job route. And then when I got all of that and realized, hey, I don't think that the the cookie cutter path is really making me happy or fulfilled or, you know, it's not really what I feel like I'm meant to do with my time here. Um, that really got me thinking on how to redesign my life. So that brings me to today, um, about a year out from the big 
I'll call it a quarter life crisis, but a <laughs> moment where you're just sort of questioning everything and mm-hmm. trying to figure out, you know, what, what is the purpose? Um, and yeah, I'm really, really excited to be here and to have the chance to share a little bit of my experiences. Yeah. And I think so many people are going to relate to your story. So I'm excited that you are here and you are going to open up and share with us all. So let's go back to the beginning and talk a little bit about why did you decide to work with me? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say that for me, it came down to alignment. Um, I was listening to your podcast at a time when I had seeds in my mind of the direction that I wanted to go in, but at the time it just felt like this egregious, impossible task rather than something that's, as I found out, very much achievable. Mm -hmm. Things like solo female travel, things like starting your own business. Um, I think for me, having a coach that had gone through the exact uh, process where you know you you know that they've sort of been through it and they'll get where you're coming from and so much of that also showed up in our coaching together when sometimes as I started out on this solo travel I would pull back and think oh no I just want to run back you know and because you had that experience you were able to kind of tease out things that I couldn't really pinpoint at the time and yeah so that was what really um, drew me to starting coaching with you. Mm, okay. Tell us about leaving your job in corporate America and why you decided to leave. Tell us about that process. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it feels like so long ago. Um, I, I think there's still days when I wake up, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm not working corporate anymore. Huh? Um, I guess I'll give a little bit more context in that, after I graduated and I started working in corporate aerospace and then that kind of just became what I thought I would do for the rest of my life. Um, It's like, Oh, you just get a degree and then you work. And then that's, that's kind of it. And you just slowly climb the ladder. And my dream as I don't even know, like a nine year old or 10 year old when I was young was to one day work for NASA. Like, that was my dream. I thought it was the absolute coolest thing mm. in the universe. And I really chased that spark. And, you know, like in hindsight, I'm really glad I did because it did light me up. But around um, or around the time I finished grad school, I accidentally stumbled across, you know, courses in the curriculum that, that were just completely electives, right? Like, wellness and communication, um, healthy relationships and psychology and resilience, all these things that I thought like, wow, these are really cool, but I, you know, I can't do anything with this stuff. I could just read about it in my free time and talk about how cool it is. Um, And when people ask me, oh, like, what did you learn? You know, your master's, I never talked about the engineering. I never said, wow, like we designed some really cool <laughs> composite today with all these layers. It was more, I would talk about the things that I learned that I actually cared about. Um, so yeah, like hindsight's twenty twenty, And looking back, I'm like, oh, it's, it's so obvious. Right? It's so painfully obvious that you were doing one thing, but you were truly passionate about another. But 
Mm -hmm. I think one mistake that we make is that we think if we choose once then that decision that's got to like be for the rest of our lives and Mm -hmm. I was very much of that mindset so when I found that all my days were spent um well we were working at home at the time because COVID and you know I had my laptop in front of me with the code and you know the models and all of that engineering stuff and I would just gravitate towards my bookshelf that had the books on you know human relationships and memoirs and psychology and all all the things that I wanted to actually read about um it just started to feel like a lose-lose situation Mm -hmm. and by that I mean on my end I was spending the hours learning about something that I had no intention of using in the future like it wasn't a Mm -hmm. skill I wanted to develop learning how to code python is not something that (laughs) 10 years down the road I'm like man I really want to be an expert in that and then on their end you know it was a really good team amazing mentors really brilliant people who were just so dedicated and so kind and really wanting to teach and like you could be contributing this to someone who genuinely wants to be here Mm-hmm. Um, someone who's genuinely excited and just wants to soak up every you know line of code you have to teach. So I think once it became clear that what I was doing wasn't really aligned with what my heart wanted, it just mm-hmm. if it felt like once you see it, it's impossible to unsee. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's that kind of is what led me to the decision to to take a break. I also think that this speaks to what so many of us experience and that is like you had this goal at nine years old to work for NASA and you achieved that, right? You achieved that goal. And so often we think when we achieve this goal that we have, then we'll be happy, then we'll feel fulfilled. And I have experienced this. I learned this over and over and over again. I kept achieving the goal, you know, attaining the next thing and then not feeling happy. And I think, you very quickly were able to see, okay, it's because my purpose and my passion and and what I really truly want to do actually lies somewhere else. What are your thoughts when I offer you that? I think what you mentioned about the mindset of when I achieve this, then I'll be happy. When I achieve this, then I'll be happy. That's that's very common. Mm -hmm. Like I would honestly argue that most people kind of operate by that. Mm -hmm. Um, often referred to as the hedonic treadmill where Mm -hmm. we always think happiness lies at the end of something and then we get there and that finish line moves and yeah I I fully resonate with what you just said for me it wasn't just NASA but also academic achievements as well Mm -hmm. like these milestones like you know once I graduate and once I make this much and once I uh, move to the city it was always like the next big thing and I think for a couple of years now, like part of me was like, hey, like, when is this going to end, right? It just feels like you're running on a hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was already exhausted and burnt out, but she just didn't know tapping out was an option. And also, <laughs> I'm reading a book right now called Designing Your Life. Um, it was really good and I recommend it, but it kind of comes down to like, are you really going to trust something that like your nine-year-old or even like your 17-year-old self who's 
like yeah was deciding a major was like oh yeah I'm gonna do this and this is gonna be the rest of my life like mm-hmm. of course you're gonna be different now as someone you know who has more experience and more knowledge and more insights compared to when you were younger like we evolve like we can't yeah. assume that we're just static humans that never go through change and never learn new things like we're mm-hmm. constantly evolving um yeah and I think uh, our culture um especially like you know in the states where a lot of people graduate and they might not want to do what they went to school for but they're also yeah. carrying around like a massive amount of student debt and it's mm-hmm. like okay well this is kind of what I'm stuck in now so it's mm-hmm. um and there's like, also I think I read I was just going to add to that. There's so much like external pressure, like the the pressure we feel from society to live our life a certain way and tick certain boxes. I think that that just adds, especially when you you think of the age that you go to college or university, right? You're still figuring yourself out and the world out and you're making these huge decisions that impact so much of your life. Right. Yeah. Right. And I don't think that ever ends. Like Mm. after you leave college, um, mm-hmm. one of my clients that I coached and um, back in July, he's like, you know, a dad and he's like, you know, like near retirement age. And it's kind of like, you're constantly shifting and evolving. Yeah. And, um, it, it's not, it, it's not like a one and done deal. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think that where we trip ourselves up is when we beat ourselves up for having regrets or thinking I made the wrong decision. I shouldn't have done this or I shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. this instead of approaching it from like, Hey, like that was the best decision for me at the time. Or like I achieved that goal. Look at me go. If I can do that, what else can I do in this next chapter? Like Mm -hmm. there's like using it against ourselves or using it for ourselves. Yeah. That's such Mm -hmm. a valuable reframe. And I'm glad you brought that up because I certainly fell into that trap many times where, you know, yeah. like you, you learn things and then you look back on decisions that you've made and you you wince a little bit and you're just like, Oh, like, why did I do that? But I read somewhere that if you're not looking back on your past decisions and wincing a little bit, that's actually not a good thing because that means you haven't grown. Right. Mm. Like if you look back and you're just like, everything is great and I wouldn't change a thing. It means like you haven't learned. And of course, you know, as someone say in our later twenties or thirties, we're going to look back on things that we did as teenagers or in our early twenties. And it's like, yeah, that wasn't the great thing, but just coming at it from a place of compassion and understanding rather than judgment. um, It's a, such a powerful reframe and Yeah, I think it it's really important to understand the difference between that. Yeah, totally agree. So tell us about leaving your job and where you're at now. Like what has that decision given you the space to pursue? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so many things. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like a whole new world has opened up. Um literally because you know I've been traveling and I never thought that I would be able to do this kind of travel where I'm not just kind of zipping about, but really planting myself in the country and kind of living like a local for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously exploring new lands, cultures, new languages, um, that has been just 
so eye-opening and such an enriching experience and I'm deeply deeply grateful that I went for that um one regret that I had as I got older was not studying abroad when I was an undergrad and I think part of me was always like oh it's too late you know like you didn't do it in college so gap years are for people who you know just graduated and now I'm like wait no who who decided that like who (laughs) broke that rule that it has to be combined to that period of time um so being able to give myself that because yeah maybe the best time was a couple years ago and the second best time is right now so exploring um literally geographically exploring but also exploring on the career front Mm -hmm. um I've started networking with you know people who I've always been interested in talking to but I always kind of was like, yeah, like yeah, my, my bubble, my world is engineering. Like this is who I am. But then as I've started to talk with like coaches and mindfulness teachers, um, other entrepreneurs and artists and writers, and it's just incredible. It's like what started as this like tiny little seed has now grown and become my new world. And mm-hmm. I just didn't know that was even a possibility. Like I didn't know there was this whole, um, just other reality that was available this whole time had I just kind of pulled the thread a little bit. So being able to connect with these people and like, you know, just talk and share stories and like really feel in my heart that like these are people that I just really enjoy spending time with. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's really incredible. It feels like um it feels like my insides kind of match my outsides. Finally, it's the best oh, way I can describe it. I love that visual. My insides match my outsides. Yeah. 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 Um, writing is something that I've done for much of my life, but it was always like confined in a journal. Mm. And I decided this year, like, oh, I guess it wasn't a decision. It was more like people are like, oh my gosh, you have to share your travels. And I was like, okay, all right. But I really don't want to post on Instagram like incessantly. So I just started blogging and people have been following along and it's my way of connecting with my friends back in the States, but also people that I meet along the way. And it turns out I really love writing and it's something that I just want to keep up. Um, And, you know, I wouldn't really have had the time to explore that given Mm -hmm. the situation I was previously in. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited um, to have kind of like tapped into something that I thought was just kind of for myself. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, this could be something that I implement going forward um, as I continue to grow and, you know, expand my, my business. So that, I guess that brings me to, the final and most exciting thing that I have given myself, you know, permission to pursue this year. And I know this is kind of like a co-creation. You had coached me through so much of the mindset behind this as I was really struggling in the early phases and just having imposter syndrome and just so overwhelmed by how daunting it seemed. But a year ago, creating my own coaching business would have seemed like the most egregious thing in the world just absolutely nuts (laughs) I would have been like nope like I don't know what that is I don't know what you're talking about that just sounds terrifying like thank you no thank you next um and through a lot of um (laughs) 
of coaching both with you and my mentors and myself like just a lot of self-coaching too I've gotten to the point where I'm like hey like this is something that I'm absolutely capable of and this is a mission that I've actually carried with me for much of my life longer than I've wanted to work for NASA which is to um to help people who are Asian identifying build a life for themselves outside of what they grew up with outside mm-hmm. of what their parents taught them, what culture instilled in them. So yeah, being able to turn that from a very hazy idea into a reality has been a dream come true, quite literally. Mm. And um, I'm just so excited to be able to kind of create the thing that I wish I had um, years back, you know, like yeah. this guidance system in building Asian Cycle Breaker, it's kind of like, wow, like it wasn't a thing a year ago and now it is. And that's incredible. So Yeah. And such a need, right? Like such a need in <laughs> in the Asian American community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so happy that you're doing this because I remember when you first uh, I'm not sure if it was our first initial consultation or when we first started coaching together but during our consultation this is my memory of it anyway during our consultation you talked about like wanting to explore explore becoming a life coach and then in our early sessions you were like oh no 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 like that's off the table no 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 I, I don't know that I can do that like what are your thoughts when I offer you that and like where you are now in regards to where you were because now you're kicking ass and helping a lot of people and having a huge ripple effect on the world like when you look back what are your thoughts when I was still in doubt mode and just thinking that this wasn't a possibility yeah I would say that it makes sense why I thought this was very out of reach um we often think that the things that are attainable are the things that we see around us, mm-hmm. right? And by that, I mean, like, if you grow up with a lot of people who are, you know, in business and they're like, oh, yeah, like, it's it's totally easy to start your own business. Or you grow up with, with a family of doctors and you're like, yeah, like, I can be a doctor when I grow up. But then if a person who grew up around the doctor's think about starting their own business or vice versa they're like oh that's that's kind of not my thing we stick with what we know Mm. so with starting your own coaching business I think I was very much in the mindset that it couldn't be done because it's not something that I've seen yes like a couple years ago I didn't even know what life coaching was and right now (laughs) it's changed but you know, back then, like, I just, I didn't have people in my life who were coaches. Mm-hmm. And I just, and I think that's still the case for, for a lot of people. It's, they just don't understand it. And now that I've kind of explored the space a lot more, you know, met coaches, become friends with them, and just really understand, like, hey, like, what are the values that drive you? Why do you do what you do? And then they share their stories. and like, oh, hey, like, I actually resonate with that. Yeah. Like, that's the moment that really shifted my own mindset. I think a lot of our habits just stem from identity 
And if you go around, which I did thinking, I can't be a coach. I'm not a coach. I don't even know what that is. Like, that's just not who I am. Then, yeah, your your actions are going to reflect as such, right? It's like, mm-hmm. that, if that's the thought that we have, then the actions that we take are going to mm-hmm. steer us away from pursuing coaching. But once I really changed the underlying belief, like, from I'm not a coach, this isn't for me to wow, like I really resonate with what these people have shared with me. I feel like this um, is fits like a glove in many ways. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I really identify as a coach. Then that changed everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd say for anyone who's kind of grappling with, you know, just like trying on something new that like doesn't quite resonate. Like don't start with actually just like forcing yourself on a path, but really come down to like the identity part and be like, oh, like why is there so much friction? Do you think maybe it's just because I don't, you know, like there, there's some mindset work that might need yeah. to be done. Cause once you get past that, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of like green light, you know, you, yes. you're, you're ready to go. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to offer, I wrote this down to come back to it, is do you remember the session where we were talking about um, referring to this year as a gap year and then you reframed it as it's actually a gains year? Do you remember that? I do. I still use it regularly. Yeah. Definitely remember it. Yeah. I wanted to share that with our listeners because I think that that was such a powerful way to think about it. Like when we talk about taking – some time off or, you know, taking a break or just going off and traveling for a wee while, like thinking about it as a gap and pressing pause and versus thinking about how much you will learn and how much you will grow and how much you will change and evolve throughout that year. I just remember that. And I was just like, yeah, like this is, this is a powerful reframe. What's your your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. That, that reframe applied to this year changed everything for me I actually I went back to the U.S. um it was a bit of a like halftime intermission break to reset um when I was I think it was back in summer I had a month back in the states and I think during that time it just became exceedingly clear like the gap versus the gain right when I first started traveling I was like oh I'm in this weird gap state where I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just wandering around dusty roads in Peru and everyone else back at home is kind of like moving on with their lives, you know, like buying houses and having kids and dogs and all of that. So I, I was very much like of the FOMO, like, you know, mm-hmm. I am hitting pause and everyone else is full steam ahead um, kind of mentality. But then when I went back in the summer and I realized like I've changed so much. Yes. Just the skills that I've built, the, you know, street smarts, we'll call it, and just all these problem-solving skills and people that I've met and, and languages that I've learned and all this, like, kind of like an explosion of experiences and knowledge mm-hmm. when I was abroad. And then, you know, you go back and it's like kind of like everything's kind of the same. Yeah. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing but yeah. it just really put into perspective like hey like could it be possible that you're actually gaining a lot could it be possible yes. that you're succeeding on your own terms rather than terms that are laid out by mm-hmm. um, society 
it's like, what does success actually look for you? Look, look like for you? And, mm -hmm. you know, when you measure yourself based on your own metrics rather than metrics that were created by some other person, um, then everything changes. Like you just, you feel so free and so excited to just pursue the things that you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, and I, I just really wish that that's something I had learned, you know, years before. It's like, you don't have to measure success based on what other people deem as mm -hmm. successful. You measure it based on what you deem as successful. Yes. Um, and go from there. Yeah. Tell us, what has been most helpful for you in these past six months? What would you like to share with our listeners? Mm -hmm. I'd say one thing is a lot of self-compassion. Mm -hmm. um, giving myself permission to not do everything because I was slash am a very like type A overachieving perfectionist. Mm -hmm. um, okay. <laughs> I, I was an engineer, right? So my mind is always like, there's only one answer. Like there's this problem that we have to solve and there's this one optimal way to do it. And as you and I talked about a lot during our coaching, when I was really struggling with balancing my travel with work, um, you're like, hey, like, there's not one right way to do it. Like, you don't have to do it all. If you're feeling overwhelmed, you're allowed to slow down. You're allowed to pull back. Yes. Um, and just kind of like talking to myself in like a very compassionate and understanding and patient manner rather, rather than from a place of pressure and like, oh, you're not doing enough. You know, you're not traveling enough. You're not working enough. Whatever it may be. Um weirdly enough like when you actually treat with yourself with compassion i think you're able to show up more yes and accomplish more hands down yeah. i completely agree yeah. with you yeah so self-compassion is a big one um and i also say like learning not to do it alone because again going back to like my past habits um is very much of like this lone wolf mindset i think it's also like a very um like in my own culture, it's kind of like, oh, you don't really ask for help, right? You don't inconvenience other people. You mm -hmm. kind of just do it by yourself because that's that's the way. Like we're taught to be very self-sufficient, to be very mm -hmm. um, self-reliant. And it's kind of just, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, when you just connect with people and you kind of just say, hey, like I might need help with this, anything from... I don't know where I'm going because um, the GPS doesn't work here to um, can you explain the menu to me because I don't speak the language like people are willing to help mm -hmm. and that's something I've learned throughout all the countries that I visited is that if you ask for help I know this sounds cheesy but like if you ask for help like people are, are willing to give it and I've just been really surprised um, both in like the life you know, just like surviving front, but also like the, the career and exploring. Like if you just reach mm -hmm. out and you're like, hey, you know, I want to learn about this. Like, are you doing chat? Like a lot of times the answer is yes. Like people yeah. actually feel they good want. about helping. Yeah, yes, that's to. right. Like you give them the opportunity to feel good, to contribute and to create connection, mm -hmm. right? Like people want to help. I totally agree with you. I love that you're talking about this because – I think so often 
as women especially, we can think that we need to be self-reliant and do it ourselves. I see that so much with so many of the women that I work with. And yes, we can, like we can do this on our own, of course, but do we want to? Like what might be the benefit of opening up like the connection, the collaboration, like all of that? Yeah. yeah. It can be more fun sometimes yeah. <laughs> bringing someone else in. Yeah. It can be more fun and mm. you might be able to, you know, I'm speaking of this now from a career front, but like you might be able to be exposed to insights and ideas yeah. that you never were when you were just going at it alone. And I think it's also like, I've heard it's kind of like, oh, like I don't want to ask for help because it's kind of like selfish, you know, it's like, I don't want to just take, I also want to give. But the cool thing is like, you're, you can pass that on. Like if somebody helps you and you really appreciate it and then you kind of make it your goal to just be able to pass on that mm-hmm. kind of like really open, loving, and I want to be able to help someone in need mindset, then it's, it's kind of just like this cycle, right? Like we're all connected and you ask for help from others but then like sooner or later other people are going to ask for help from you and you're just like more than happy to pass it on and it just continues so yeah I think once it really does boil down to connection I think you hit the Mm. nail on the head yeah and once we really allow ourselves space to connect and um to grow alongside people not in our own little bubbles cut off from everything um but just as a piece of this like larger web then then the journey just becomes a lot more fun and enjoyable totally yeah yeah I love that so if you could go back six months and tell yourself one thing what would it be um I would tell myself that nothing permanent tell us more (laughs) I like it okay um, I will, I'll paint a picture of where I was six months back because mm-hmm. it's November. So yeah, I was the beginning of May. I just started traveling. Um, I was completely lost in terms of my career. Um, never, you know, had just done anything this big, like quit my job without a plan. I'm absolutely a planner. So completely just lost and terrified in that realm. I had no solo travel experience. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm alone in a foreign country and I don't speak the language and I don't really know what that's going to look like. And I was also really heartbroken because I had just gotten out of a relationship. So all in all, you know, it was just a lot of feelings of fear, of loneliness, of lostness, mm-hmm. um, like just not great. And I think when we're in these down moments, it's easy for our minds to kind of extrapolate it um I think a way to call it is future telling where it's like oh if it's bad now then it's always going to be like this yeah like this is just going to stretch out um for eternity rather than seeing it as like a distinct dip in this you know like if you were to graph out your life and sometimes there's highs sometimes there's lows but the key point is that it's not permanent like it's always changing going Mm. up and down and we often think that we are in a low that it's like, yeah, this is forever. And then when we think like that, then then we can't really climb our way back up. It's like we're kind of just stuck there, right? And mm-hmm. I wish that, you know, like when I was in Peru and I just, just, you know, 
was feeling all the things that I just shared. Um, it just felt like that was going to stretch out for for who knows how long because I had, there was no plan, right? No one gave me a calendar with a date that was like, here's the date, we'll circle it here that you'll feel better and then you'll have friends and community and a sense of like direction in your career. Like nobody gives that to you. And to just be able to walk forward without any guarantee of um, of like when you're going to get to that point is it's terrifying. But what I found out, it's like, <laughs> it might be a lot sooner than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess to give another example, you, you know how much I loved Columbia, you know, that place yeah. just completely lit me up um, to my core. And that was not that much farther from like when I started traveling. I spent about two months in Peru. Then I traveled to Colombia, got there, and it was just like everything just aligned. You know, I met amazing people um, and I really started working and, you know, developing my own career. And I just fell in love with the country. And it's kind of like when I was there, like, wow, like, what was that me? Like, just like two months ago, was I that person who was, mm-hmm. you know, just freaking out about all of this and thinking that there was no end in sight? It's like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like, and that wasn't even like me looking back on it now, right? Because now it's been six months, but that was just two months into the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, such a large transformation had already happened. So I love, I love the quote. I don't remember who said it, but it's like, you're not losing, you're in the middle of winning um, mm. or you're not failing, you're in the middle of succeeding. I think that's so true. Um, just like, we might never know how close we are to a breakthrough or to like a really incredible uh, period of our lives because we kind of get bogged down in like, right now I feel this. So yeah. therefore I will always feel this. Um, and that's that's just not true. So, yeah, I wish I could go back to myself, to go back six months back and just tell that girl who was so scared, like, hey, like, chill, like, you, you'll be okay. <laughs> you got this. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So tell our listeners, because they're going to want to reach out and connect with you. How can they find you? How can they follow you? Tell us all of the ways in which they can connect. Um. Okay. So admittedly I'm pretty shy on social media I feel like I keep that pretty private but there's two websites that I wanted to share um Mm -hmm. one kind of captures my journey it's the blog that I've been keeping that describes like all the countries I visited and my experiences both in terms of travel and some like insights that I picked up along the way so if people want to connect with me through there um, mm-hmm. and read more about the journey, it's my Alpine way. So my, and then Alpine, like, I don't know, trees, skiing, yeah. Alpine <laughs> uh, way.com. And they can send me an email through there. And then also for any clients who are Asian identifying and they're struggling with breaking out of their family cycle. They wanted to talk more about how that's like, you know, dealing with the expectations of you have to do things a certain way and, mm-hmm. um, and kind of sensing there might be something different or bigger that they themselves want to pursue. Um, you can also reach me through my coaching site, 
which is asiancyclebreaker.com. And both of those sites uh, have um, a place with an email. So you can shoot me a message there or just email me directly. And I would be more than happy to connect with anyone who would like to chat. And I love that name, Asian Cycle Breaker. I I will put the links in the show notes as well so we can make it super easy for people to click and connect and I'm sure people will want to email you and just there's going to be so many people I know who are going to resonate with your story and what you've shared here so I'll want to reach out to you so thank you for sharing that with us now before we wrap up let me know is there anything you feel like we have left out? Is there anything you feel like we didn't cover off that you would like to add for our listeners? What are your thoughts? Mm, there is one thing that I wanted to kind of end with. And, sure. And I think this kind of wraps everything t- together. It's kind of like the, <laughs> the bow that wraps everything up. Um, and that's authenticity. Mm. And what I mean by that is, I think a lot of us struggle with um, presenting a side of ourselves, maybe on Instagram, that's like kind of like the shiny, the polished, like look how much fun I'm having um, part. And that's like a part that we are proud of, that we like, that we want to show more. But then there's also, you know, the parts of ourselves that we're not quite all that excited to show to the world. Maybe we are really you know scared of something that's kind of like looming the future or maybe we have things in the past that we're kind of just grappling with whatever it may be um it's just like there's also always the shiny parts and the not so shiny parts and for me in so much of my life I was kind of trying to filter myself and only give like that perfect version Mm -hmm. for everyone to look at and then for the not so great stuff, I would just shove it down, you know, just be like, nope, nope, nope. Like yeah. that's just, nope. <laughs> we're going to put that in a box. We're going to throw it in a closet and lock it. And, um, and, you know, one of the biggest lessons I've learned in this journey is that when you get to the point where you actually accept all of you um, and also present all of you, not just, Hey, like I'm, you know, just, perfect person and I'm just not going to talk about anything bad but it's like actually I'm a human and you know one of the things you teach your clients is 50 50 living like humans are going to have the good emotions 50 percent of the time and the bad and there's nothing wrong with us when um we are in quote-unquote the negative it's just that's part of the human experience it's shared Mm -hmm. by all of us and that like vulnerability actually being able to embrace and share the worst parts of ourselves has been something that has helped me develop some of the deepest connections during my travels um it connects us in a way that um it it just like i don't really know how to describe it but it's it's like it connects us in a way where we feel seen we feel heard um and yeah i would just encourage everyone to really show up as your authentic self. Mm -hmm. And I promise when you do that, you will find people who are just naturally your people. Like you don't have to try, you don't have to have your guard up. It's just like, they will just gravitate towards you and just embrace you for a hundred percent of who you are, like good, bad, in between, like people who just get it. And 
and yeah, that's that's one lesson that I've learned. And I just really hope that as we all go forward and, you know, go about our lives, we can ask ourselves, not like, how do I be better today? Or how do I be stronger, wiser, or prettier today? But it's more like, how do I show up more authentically today? Yes. Um, how do I, I be more skin. me today? How can I just how accept I, myself yeah. how I am, be more me? And like you said, that's where you create such deep connections with people and where you can feel like, yeah, that it's okay to be myself. Other people see me and hear me. Mm-hmm. It's a very liberating and magical feeling yes. when you finally have the courage to just show yes. up as yourself and yeah. you know if some people don't vibe with it like great like if some yeah. people do great then it's like you owe it to yourself to just really show up as who you are because that's that's it like the world only gets one of you right yeah like, so it, it would be such a shame to hide um parts of yourself that you might think like certain people might not be super stoked about because like I promise you for every one of those people like there will be 10 more people who are like wow like this person yeah is incredible and I just want to have her in my life so um and I think don't be afraid yeah when we do that too like when we own the parts of ourselves that maybe we've been hiding or avoiding like we then like give other people this permission to own it in themselves to appreciate it in themselves instead of trying to hide it right it's like we we offer other people that gift at the same time well yeah I didn't think about that but it's kind of like leading by example yeah totally and I love that you said courage like you said like it takes courage to do this and I love that you said that because I think it really does take courage to you know be a hundred percent authentic. And it's not even that you have to be a hundred percent authentic, but just to to work towards being more and more authentic. I think that that is courageous. I think that that's not necessarily the easy thing to do. Vulnerability is is tough, you know. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it, it really is. Like yeah. uh, Brene Brown, she calls it like being in the arena, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, it doesn't even mean, like, you have to be out doing these big, you know, like, heroic things. Um, and that's also another lesson I wanted to share. It's like, oh, like, you know, you don't have to, like, travel the world. If you want to, great. But you don't have yeah. to, like, jump off, like, a, a cliff. You don't have to, like, go skydiving. You, even, like, the simple acts as just sitting down with a friend and being like, hey, like, I'm really struggling with this and that today. Um, and I want to share that with you. That's courageous. Like yes. that is really brave. It's not these things we see in movies or in books that are like, you know, like flashy um, and sensational. It's like those little moments mm-hmm. opening up yep. or really just being like, actually, I'm going to set a boundary today and say no to someone and not yes. people, please. Those take courage to do. Yes. Um, yeah, so much so. Oh, I love that we ended on this note. <laughs> this is so it good. It just kind of happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, the last thing I want to say is I am so proud of you. Like, I just want you to know I am so proud of the work that you have done in these six months. I have been so honored to be your coach and to be with you on this journey. So thank you. And I am so excited for the ripple effect that you are creating throughout the world and all of the 
people that you are going to impact and help because I know it's going to be huge. So thank you so much for coming and sharing with us today. Thank you, Zina. I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate your guidance throughout this process. I think one thing that I'm trying to view this as is just the way of passing it on, right? Because mm-hmm. when we have knowledge, it was it, it was never ours. Like knowledge is always passed on to us from other people, people who came mm-hmm. before us. And just being able to be kind of like a vessel for that knowledge and be able to pass that on is, it, I feel like it's the best way to like honor all the people who, you know, have helped us along our journeys. And I know the tools that you've taught me, the encouragement that you gave me at times when I was like, this is supposed to tapping out and just be like, through all this, I'm just going back. <laughs> um, you're like, all of those little things help. Like it's the ripple effect or, you know, the butterfly yeah. effect that some people call it. It's like, every single thing does make a difference so thank you for you know your patience throughout all this and i was really glad that we had the chance to work together yes wow thank you for coming on the podcast hey friends if you want to hang out come find me on instagram i love playing over there and sharing lots of little gems xena.jones.coach is where you will find me remember xena is spelled with an x Also, you can check out my website, xenajones.com. And if you would like to explore coaching and working with me one-to-one, then please do book in for a consult. I would love to chat with you.